uh, let us uh, make our conviction. Thank you, musicians. It's wonderful. It's going to be gooder and gooder. <laughs> okay. Isaiah 50, verse 4. It says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ears, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. There's uh, something about Abraham I want to start with this morning. And Pastor Larry will follow that uh, after the service. It says, what then shall we say that Abraham, our father, has found according to the flesh? What did he gain according to the flesh? What then shall we say that Abraham, our father, has found according to the flesh? What did he find according to the flesh? It says, for if Abraham was justified by works, if Abraham became righteous before God by doing something good, he has something to boast about. But not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed in God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. Abraham wasn't righteous on his own. The only righteousness he received is by faith, believing. And that's the principle that runs in Christianity. You have to believe what Jesus did on the cross for you. And believe, when you believe that, you are saved when you believe it and you confess it according to the scriptures. Then after that, you are no longer a sinner. You are no longer a sinner. Some people say these words and you hear it a lot. They say, I'm a sinner. No, you were a sinner. Saved by grace. When you believe Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Abraham did nothing. The man lied. He did all kinds of stuff. Even his sons did the same thing. But God allowed them righteousness because they believed. The work is not what you do, but what you believe. Some people came to Jesus in, in John chapter 6. They said, what shall we do to do the works of God? Jesus, they want to do something good. Jesus says, believe on him whom he has sent. That's all. The work is believing. And so if you, if you don't know Jesus, you want to become one with him, all you need to do is believe in what he did on the cross. That's all you need to do. And then speak it. Say to somebody, back in Africa when I go on crusades, after we pray, to the, uh, they, they all come in the front, and I tell them, you know, we pray the prayer, the sinner's prayer, and then I tell them, now start telling each other, I'm saved. And you can see the joy as they're walking. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. That's what the scripture says. He says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Because of all, with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. You see? But with the mouth, 
confession is made unto salvation. You know the difference? You're already righteous when you believe. But it won't change your life until you start telling somebody. That's easy. So that's why I make them say it to one another. And you can tell the joy when they start telling each other up front. I'm saved. I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus. I'm saved. You see the smile and the joy comes over them. That's all you need. After that, God begins to develop you for the work of ministry he has for you. Every one of you has a you, every one of you has something that you have to do for God. Amen? I don't want to do church the way I used to do it. It's going to be different. People need to come and be disciples. Go to Sunday school. Listen to yourself. My friend, uh, Bishop Abraham, says, Yes, I know you are a great minister, but who was your Sunday school teacher? <laughs> Tell me your Sunday school teacher. <laughs> then I know you are a great minister. We got to be there. And we have to do it as a church. Amen. I guarantee you, God will so bless people in this church, you won't believe what he will be doing for us. I really, I can see that in my mind as we all obey God. Me included with you, we're working together. Amen. God's going to do a lot for us. There's going to be so much wealth and your mind is not on it because your mind is set on pleasing your God. That's what it is. So I'm going to go to my sermon. (laughs) First of all, I want to say prosperity is not all about money. It's not all about money. And I'm going to show you from scriptures. Because most people, when they think of prosperity, they are thinking money. Money is part of it. It's a big part of it. Because if you don't have it, it's really tough to be happy. Think about it. If you are a father and you see your sons, they can't pay their bills, they are repossessing their cars, and you can't do anything about it, it's painful. It's painful. And God is like us. He made us in his own image. You understand? God is like us. He understands what we're going through. But we don't give him chance to bless us. Because we've been taught that, you know, blessed are the poor for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. It's, it's blessed are the poor in spirit, not poor in the flesh. God wants you to give to people and help poor people. There are poor all over. Why should we be poor? How can we help the poor if we are poor? And God is telling us to help the poor. Give to the needy. Give to widows and all that. But you don't have anything. You can't even take care of your own family. That's not the will of God. That's not the will of God. And the reason is we haven't changed our mind. The Bible says, be renewed by, let your mind be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's the mind. It's what they're telling us. And we believe these things because we think that's righteous before God. God likes the poor people and hates the rich people. That's a lie. That's a lie. God wants you to have. Abraham had. Isaac had a lot. Jacob was wealthy. It's not all about money. Money is included. It's a big part of it. Listen to this. In Genesis 30, talking about Jacob, it says, But when the flock were feeble, he did not put them in. So the feebler were Laban's, and the stronger were Jacob's. 
Thus, the man became what? I mean, not just prosperous. <laughs> he became exceedingly prosperous. And what do we say? God of Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob became exceedingly prosperous by God. And Jacob said, God gave him a vision to make him prosperous. He saw in a vision, in a dream, what he was supposed to do to get him to that place where he is prosperous. The man became very prosperous and had large flocks. Not just one flock, okay? Flocks. Hey, yes, flocks. Female and male servants, a bunch of employees for this one guy. He became exceedingly prosperous. And uh, the Bible says, and male servants, female servants and male servants, and camels and donkeys. And you are wondering, camels, donkeys, why is God mentioning camels? Those were their Rolls Royce. And their Mercedes-Benz, 500, whatever you want to call it. That was their time. If you have a camel, you're wealthy. And so God included that. They had, he, had, he had a lot of them. So if you go to his yard, he had a lot of Rolls Royce packed all over his compound. <laughs> Camels, okay? And donkeys. <laughs> but that was their time. This is what God gave them. Think about it. Why would God mention that if it wasn't important in their time? For their wealth. Very important. But that's not all. God had already given him prosperity. But listen to this. In Genesis chapter 32, verse 24, it says, Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him. This is the same Jacob that's very prosperous, had a lot of money. So God, a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he, that's the one that was wrestling with him, saw he did not prevail against him, he tossed the socket of his hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint, as he, that's him, wrestled with him. Listen to what Jacob says. And he said, let me go, that's he, capital, let me go for the day breaks. Listen to what Jacob says. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. He was already rich. But he had a lot of fears. He was afraid of his brother. He was not at peace. When God says prosperity, it's encompassing everything in your life. Peace. You have it. Nothing broken, nothing missing. Jacob had wealth, but something was missing in his life. He was desperate. He was not happy. Going to his brother, he was scared because he thought he would lose his life. But then, after this encounter, everything changed. He still had his wealth. But now he had peace with his brother and Jacob was a peaceful man. That's what prosperity is. Every area of your life, nothing missing, nothing broken. And God can do this. If we will believe him. Because that's what he wants to do. There is a covenant. And I'm going to show you the covenant. 
there is a covenant of God blessing you. And the Bible tells us the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Why we reject that, I don't understand it. We want blessing, but we don't want to be rich. But the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. But we cry out for God bless me, God bless me. But in your heart, you don't think God can bless you and make you rich because you think, I just have a... What the, you know, the income you make is so small. God's not depending on your income. God can do it his own way. He can bring somebody into your life that can take you on and say, look, I just like you. It's happened. But one of our church members telling me, he said section of the, the, one of the greatest companies in the, in the United States, his section alone, they're the best and he's the top of them. Is in our church. And I'm very proud of that. And I want everyone to experience that. Including my family. All of us. God's blessed us. God's blessed us. But I want to see it in everybody. Because then we can reach the world for Christ. No fear. No concern. And I'm believing God for that. I'm believing God for you. So that God can give you. But your heart will not be in it. Because it's focused on the kingdom of God. So when we have to do something, no big deal. And I'm not just going to depend, I'm depending on him because I'm going to get my 40 million. Oh yes. I'm going to get my 40 million. If you don't give it, I'll come and get it from you. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'll come and pull it from your head. <laughs> but this is what God says. There's a covenant. It's a covenant of blessing. A covenant promise of blessing. And I want to show that to you this morning. It's real. He's still today, till to this very day. And God has sworn to bless us. He swore by himself because he couldn't find anybody greater than himself. He swore by himself to bless you. And we know the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Don't forget that. That's not from me, coming from me. That's from scripture. Listen to this. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13 to 15. For when God made a promise to Abraham, who did he make the promise to? It was to Abraham. Nobody else but Abraham. When God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. When you swear, it's if, I don't, if I don't do it, let something bad happen to me. So God said, if I don't do this for Abraham, this promise I'm making for Abraham, if it doesn't work, then let me not be God anymore. He swore by himself. If he fails, he can't be God anymore because God's holy. God doesn't go back on his word. God keeps his word. So he swore by himself. And then this is what, he's, the, what he was swearing about. He swore by himself saying, Surely, can you say the word with me? Surely, blessing I will bless you. Blessing I will bless you. He was, this was an oath by God for a man. Blessing I will bless you. This is the covenant God was making with Abraham. 
Surely, blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, Abraham obtained the promise. You see, we want it overnight. And if it doesn't happen in three months, <laughs> uh, I don't want to hear that pastor keeps talking about it. It doesn't work. He, patient, he was patient. There's a time, there's a process there. Sometimes we are not patient. We think, well, how can God do this? And we just give up. Because it's not happening. We haven't seen anything happen in six months. And pastor said this, and nothing is happening. We just give up. But that was not Abraham. He never gave up. He never gave up. He stayed with the promise. And God fulfilled the promise. You obtained it. You obtained. Listen to what he says. He obtained it. And so, that's Abraham. Abraham had the promise from God, but it didn't happen overnight. I'm looking for my 40 million. He's, I'm not going to get it tomorrow, possibly. I will be excited if I get the 40 million tomorrow. I'll give all of you $10,000. I'm not kidding. <laughs> yes. Now I have 40 million. I don't know what to do with myself. You have a problem? You want to buy a car? Hey, go get by. And then I watch you rejoice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm happy. Another one you got? How much do you need? I got 40 million. How am I going to spend that for the rest of my life? That's a good place to be. Amen. So he patiently obtained the promise. There's patience. You got to wait. It may not happen overnight. God could do it overnight. The reason is he's been working with you all along. And now it's time for your reaping. But listen to this. This was a promise that was made to Abraham. This is what we call Abraham's blessing. See that? This is Abraham's blessing. Sworn by God. Surely, blessing, I will bless you. I will multiply you. And God's going to do that in our church. Amen? God's going to do that in this church. Listen. Then Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 and 14. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Mainly talking about Gentiles now. We're Gentiles. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. As it says in the scriptures here. Having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing, which we just read about Abraham, right? The blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. God swore to bless you. That's what the Bible talks about. God swore to Abraham. That was Abraham's blessing. In blessing, surely I will bless you. Now is our turn because the curse has been broken. That curse is broken. In my mind, when God cursed Adam, that was part of it. When God cursed Adam, he said, out of the sweat of your brow... You will eat bread. He caused the ground for Adam's sake. And then I see Jesus in Gethsemane sweating. 
sweating on his brow. Not only that, there was sweat of blood for atonement. For what happened then? His blood from his brow, sweating, labor, came on the ground. And I believe the curse was broken. We don't have that anymore. Because of what Jesus did. Now we have the blessing of Abraham. And then he said also that we might receive the Spirit also. So the Spirit seals it. The fact that you have the Holy Spirit seals the fact that the blessing is upon your life. If you've received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you know, I like speaking in tongues. I don't apologize for it because that's what I do in the mornings. For sometimes about an hour and a half, I won't quit. And God begins to download things into my spirit. Every time you speak in tongues, you step out of the natural into the supernatural. That's what it is. And I like the supernatural, okay? I like that. But this is the truth. And I want everyone in this church to believe God with me. Let us see God walk among us. That's all I want. I want to see God take you up from where you are, maybe minimum wage, and make you a manager. And God is going to give you the wisdom. You know, Solomon wasn't born with a lot of wisdom. Solomon. He wasn't born with wisdom. He knew it. He says, I can't do this. God delivered wisdom to him in one night. And he knew about everything. That was the Old Testament. We're not believing God enough. The Bible says, open your mouth wide and I will what? I'll fill it. That's what I'm opening my mouth wide for the 40 million dollars. It's really wide right now. (laughs) Open your mouth wide and I'll fill it. I want every one of us in our church, those watching uh, by the internet, please agree with me. If two of us shall agree concerning anything that we shall ask from the Father, he says it shall be done for you. If we all agree, we will see so much prosperity here, you won't believe it. And then we can help those outside and give to them food, whatever they need. It doesn't bother you. If they are expecting $200, you give them 2000 For the next week, they will be screaming and hollering, thank you, Jesus. That's right. And God can do it to us. God can do it to us. Can I hear that? Amen. Can I get an amen? amen? Another amen? Yes, agree with me. Because God's going to do it. I firmly believe God's going to do this among us. I just need you to agree with me. Don't even think about how it's going to happen. That's not your business. Your business is to believe. Your business is to believe. God's going to make multi-millionaires in this church. I'm telling you, God's going to do that. And their heart will not be in the money. They know the source, and they will give to God's work. Not only to our church. Give it out. I don't care, but God's going to take care of our church. Give it out. Help people. Send to ministries that you love. That's okay with me. It's okay with me. But you will have so much abundance, we will never lack. I'm believing God for that, and I need you to believe with me. Amen. So it's a covenant thing. 
let me now we're really going into what we need to do because it's very important to understand the principles of these things how it how it works rather than just you know believe god there is a scripture here which was the time of noah and god gave that to us and god says this will always continue and if we can understand what god was saying in that particular scripture we will then understand what God has intended for us, mankind, especially for the believers. In Genesis chapter 8, uh, verse 21, uh, after the flood, Noah made a sacrifice to God. And then it says God smelled a soothing aroma from the sacrifice he was making. Then the Lord said in his heart, notice, it's God's heart. He didn't say anything to Noah. He just said, things are going to, basically God is saying, things are going to change. I'm not going to do this again. So the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Can you hear that? He's done it once, he won't do it again. It says, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living as I have done. Not with water. He's not going to do it again. Then he said the principle. While the earth remains. Is the earth still here? Is the earth still here? While the earth remains, sowing and harvest. It's a principle. Sowing and harvest. All of us are not farmers, right? But there's still a sowing to be done. He says sowing is a principle from God's heart. From now on, God says, the way to prosper is through sowing and reaping. I know in your mind, some people, some ministers have abused this because they, they force the people to give. We're not doing that here. The Bible tells us very clearly in the Second Corinthians chapter nine: Don't feel forced to give. Don't give if you feel forced to give. So if a preacher is saying, "If you don't give this, the church is going to fold. You have to give this. Uh, don't give him anything. If God has ordained the church, the church will stand. So if He's going to force you to do it, don't give because you're not going to get anything back from God. You feel for us to give. We're not going to do that. We're coming to that. But listen to what is sowing and reaping. Just like cold and heat during the winter, it will never cease. So God is telling us the way to make it is to sow and then you reap. Sowing and reaping. We're going to come to that. But the first thing is obedience to his word. Obedience to his word. Job chapter 36 verse 11. He says, if they, that's the believers, obey and serve him. Some people just want to be a part of a church. And they make the number. And the pastor is happy because we got many people. They don't serve. Let me tell you something. You can never know God just worshiping him alone. You, you couldn't know him. You have to serve. Satan said to Jesus very clearly, he says, why don't you bow down and worship me? 
Jesus said, no, only God will worship and him alone shall we serve. But Satan never said anything about serving. Serving is very important. Be a part of a church. Don't just sit down there year by year and you, you, you're not growing. You're not a mature person. I never thought I was going to be a pastor, but I served. I used to go to the, I've said it in the church, I, I, the way I served my church was go to the neighborhoods and gather, uh, you know, children and under the tree and I played my three chords and sang to them. I only knew three chords then. Every song had to fit to those three chords. Yes. I played my chords and we sang Father Abraham as many, that's the song with Father Abraham. And there's this tall grown man with little kids. We are in the, under the tree. We are going around. Father Abraham has many sons. Uh, many sons as Father Abraham. Uh, he, and I'm one of them. And two times, three times, I enjoyed it. But then I found out they were coming to church. The kids were. And then they wanted to be baptized. And their parents came. And they liked church. And they stayed. I got converts from kids. If they obey and serve him. So you serve him. You need to serve. That's the way I served. And then God moved me from that to something else. But you, you can't come to church and just sit down and do nothing. You can usher. You can do whatever. I think uh, one of our pastors here was in the ladies' bathroom, cleaning the bathroom on Sunday morning. I heard. And the lady walked in and said, and saw the guy and said, you're cleaning the bathroom? Yeah. She says, this is my church now. I don't know the person who was there. Because they saw somebody serving. They saw somebody serving. You got to serve. It's servant leadership. If you don't serve, you will hardly know God. I'm telling you, I'm not just preaching. I'm telling you the truth, what I've experienced. But once you start serving, you know what you have done? You have made yourself available to God. He'll start talking to you. He'll start giving you direction. Don't do this, do that. Don't do this. And then all of a sudden, you're growing so much. I remember those days, I'd grown so much. I was talking to one of my classmates, and she said, because I just assumed everybody knew what I knew. I said, to her, I was speaking to her, she said, you need to be speaking out more. I don't know what you're talking about. Where did you get this? I'll show her scriptures. I don't know that. Because you serve and God begins to bring things to you. Amen? I want everyone to be a servant here. Find a place to serve. Attend, be a part of your family. This is your family. And God can walk through us when we are united. Amen? Very important. It says, if you obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity. How many want to spend their days in prosperity here? Every day. This is from God. It's not me speaking. This is God saying, you will spend your days. Can he make it happen? Can God make this happen, what we just read? If you use your resources, your energies, your time to serve him, sacrifice sometimes. When it's not convenient, you go out and you work. He notices. And he's going to reward you. God's going to reward you. You can never do a thing for God and he doesn't reward you. God said, I didn't tell 
Jacob to serve me in vain. You can't serve God in vain. You serve him. Notice not worship. I didn't tell Jacob to serve, children of Jacob to serve me in vain. In vain means you do it and it doesn't reward you. God says, I will reward you. Everything you do, he will. The seed of Jacob, we are that. We can't serve God in vain. But not worship alone. Worship is good. But servanthood, obedience, that's very important. It says they will spend their, years in, their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Uh, God is not interested in woe is me all the time. Amen. Who is me? Uh, I'm calling again. I got this prayer request. I can't do this. I can't attempt to take my children's call. My children. No. Prosperity from God. Touch your children as well. Amen. Touch your children. Even to a thousand generations. And God is faithful. All we need to do is be in obedience to Him. You spend your days in pleasures. Sometimes Christians think enjoying is bad. I don't want to enjoy. I'm a Christian. I'm going to heaven. That's where I will enjoy. Why don't you start here? Practice a little bit. Practice enjoying a little bit on earth. And God's not opposed to it. He just said they will spend their years in what? Years. Years in pleasures. This is God speaking. This is, and we need to believe. It's, as I said, it's your faith that makes it happen. Believe it. And once you believe it, it's up to God. I used to say the, the Christianity is like a chess game with God. Alright? You push, you know, and then you give time for the other person to push. It may take them a year to push, but you have to wait for them to push before your turn comes. So God gives you his word, that's his push. And many of us will say, push again. God said, no, I already pushed. It's your turn. Hey, no, no, God, but you are God. You know, but you are God. You can push again, push again. No, no, I don't do that. I've already pushed. He gives you his word. You respond to the word. That's your push. And then he's his turn to push again. He blesses you when you push back. So that's what it is. I like this scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 and 4, 1 through 4. It says, now it shall come to pass. Notice, it will, it will really happen. Amen? It's going to happen. That's where I look, it shall come to pass. Some fellow got healed by reading, it shall come to pass. He was sick, and he read the scripture, and it came to pass. And he started thinking about it. It came to pass. It came to pass. This sickness is going to pass. He got healed. <laughs> From that one scripture. But listen. Now it shall come to pass, will come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord, your God, to observe carefully all his commandments. You know his commandments? Love him and love people. That's all. If you love somebody, you're not going to hurt him. Jesus said, love them as I have loved you. Jesus never hurt anybody. That's his commandment. So you keep his commandments, which I commend you today. He says that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. 
God wants to set you up. Can you you believe that? God wants to set you up. I need you to believe. There's There's a lie out there. Telling Christians, you don't go there. These people are false teachers. Uh, call me false teachers. I'm going by the scripture. I stay with scripture. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm going to stay with what God says. And God is very clear in his word here. He makes it very clear in his word. He says he will set you up high above all nations. In your individual life, God can set you up. God, we have a nation, the Ark Fellowship, amen. God's going to set us up for all nations to see. And all, listen, not some, all these blessings. Say with me, blessings. Blessings. When you obey, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. You know the way I read that? will knock you over and you will never recover overtake you the blessings and this is god speaking it's not man speaking and he's he's going to confirm his word he watches over his word when you start acting on it then it comes to pass he watches over his word to confirm it he walked with them confirming the words that they spoke with signs following. One of the signs of the word that I'm speaking today is you will prosper. If you don't like it, it's too late. You came to church and you heard it. It's too late. You are going to prosper. Can I hear an amen? You guys are too quiet. Can I hear an amen? Do you really mean it? Do you want to prosper? Oh yes, me too. Believe me. I want my 40 million. I want my 40 million. And I'm going to get it. I'm not going to be mad at God if all of the 40 million don't come. But 25 is okay. 30. <laughs> yes, I wish. Yeah. I'll give you 1 million of it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You'll be jumping like crazy. You know. uh-huh. But that's what it is. Can you imagine when you, you go to a home and they have not eaten for five days. And you give them a thousand dollars. When you leave, they kneel down and thank say, Why are you doing this? Jesus told me to give it to you. Then their heart is lightened. When you leave, they kneel and they are crying out to God, Thank you so much. Thank you so much. But you have so much. After a week, you come back again. They see you coming and say, huh, Maybe he's coming to give us another thousand. <laughs> And then you give them the thousand. Oh my God, this is great. They're happy. That's all about life. Amen. Just to make you understand and see what this can do for us. And how we can bless people's lives. And God has opened the door for us. So he says, these blessings will overtake you. Please God, let them overtake me today. (laughs) I want that for me right now. Let these blessings overtake me. Because the reason is you have obeyed the voice of the Lord. Amen? You obeyed to love Him. I'm going to stop here today. I have a lot to say. I'm coming back to it again. But the way God has dealt with me is everything that He's shown me, 
I want to, I, I, you know, I came from the scientific uh, community. I like to experiment. Once I found something in the world, I'm going to preach it and wait for it to happen and get my results. Then it's confirmed. Stand up with me this morning. I've been speaking not because I desire anything, but I want to see God work. I want to see God work in your life and in your family and your children so you can have peace. That's why he came. He is called the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. But his peace comes with and touches every area of our life. Finances, children, your past, all restored so that you are completely whole. He came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. That hasn't changed. He's still doing that today. Amen? How many are ready to prosper today? Can I see your hand up? If you are not, your hand is not up, I'm going to ask you what's the matter with you. <laughs> you just like to be poor? <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Larry, come on, please. Pastor Larry. Praise the Lord. Great message, right? Amen. The Lord is good. Pastor started at the beginning of the service and he said, uh, took out of Romans when he said that if you confess your sins with your mouth, that the Lord is able to heal you, he's able to save you, he's able to deliver you. This morning before we close this service, Pastor wants to give everybody the opportunity that if you don't know him, to accept him. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here this morning and you've never accepted the Lord or you've drifted away from the Lord, and you need to make a recommitment to the Lord, He wants to save you today. So if you're here this morning and you would like to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, would you just slip your hand up anywhere here this morning? Thank you. If you're out there listening on the Internet, Facebook, wherever you're listening, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you can come to know Him today. Let Him be the Lord of your life. It's very simple. It says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that He has raised Him from the dead, you shall, you shall, you shall be saved. It is a confession that you must make. So as we repeat this prayer here in this auditorium today, you say the same prayer where you're sitting and where you're standing out there. And I believe that God will save you today. Would you pray with me, everyone? Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask Jesus to come into my life, to be the Lord of my life. I confess him as my Lord and as my Savior. I ask him to forgive me of my sins. And to cleanse me from all righteousness. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And now reigns with you, Father, in heaven. If I've said this, Lord, in my heart, I am saved. Thank you, Lord, 
for saving me this day. You shall be the Lord of my life forever and ever. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand. If you said that prayer here or you said it out there, the Lord is your Savior. And if you started that walk today, I invite you to get one of our books that we have. It says, Now What? It tells you to help you from this step forward. What do I do next? What's next in my life? They'll be up here free for you up here at the front. If if you've given your heart to the Lord, maybe in the past, but have not had one of these and would like to have one, they're up here. uh, You're welcome to do it. Father, now in the name of Jesus, I ask you to go with us to our homes. Keep a hedge of safety around us that no danger or heart should come to us. Bring us back, Lord, at the next appointed time to serve you. God, let us be servants for you. Let us do something this week, Lord, for you. And God, may we lead a soul and bring a soul to the kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you go.